Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Turned out nice again, hasn't it? <laughs> Springtime, summer, autumn, winter, so the seasons go. We haven't got all night, have we? Well, no, not quite, not quite. There's I, a European tie in a day or two. Um, how can you ever fail to be cheered up by George Formby? Max the emotional intensity of Edith Piaf, but there you go. It, it raises a smile. <laughs> right, and so many games have passed since we last gathered our thoughts. Back then, Liverpool were about to take their rightful crown as Premier League champions, and we were due to be dumped out of the Champions League by Paris Saint-Germain. Much to the annoyance of many, Jose and his boys have since reversed their bus all over those particular notions, and the sound of gnashing teeth and anguish at our terrible anti-football has only been drowned out by the glorious sound of laughter at Stephen Gerrard falling on his arse to hand Denver Bar the opener. Joining me to ponder whether you can hear the howls of derision coming from the moral high ground from the comfort of your expertly parked bus, and Mark 25, who is Mark. Good evening. Dr. Blue Bio, who is Donal. Oh, good evening, and if uh, at any point uh, I become a bit faint or start rambling over much, it's due to loss of blood, because um, some point yesterday afternoon I was laughing so hard my arse fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having to do this, obviously, standing up. Yeah, quite. It's very tiring. There's no budget for cushions in the podding shed. No. Um, and Grocer Jack, who is Tony? Uh, bonsoir. <laughs> Follow that. Um, and so... We begin by considering what is possibly our season in the Premier League in a nutshell. Yesterday's fantastic win up at Anfield um, and the loss of Mourinho's record-breaking unbeaten home record the week before against Sunderland. Um, it, it, it really is our season in microcosm, a fantastic record against the, um, the, the closest contenders and then completely blowing it when, um, when we shouldn't do against um, those you wouldn't expect us to. Uh, Tone, your thoughts? Oh, you know, I mean, this is this is the reason I I love everything about Mourinho. Um, we are, uh, you know, we are a bizarre side at the moment. You know, losing to Sunderland and Villa and Newcastle and God knows whoever else, and yet you know, pretty much wiping the floor with all before us um, at, at the top level. And yesterday's it didn't get any sweeter than yesterday. I thought it, I thought beating Man City twice was sweet. I thought stuffing one up Man United was sweet. I thought beating Arsenal six nil was sweet beating Tottenham 4-0 was, was beautiful but yesterday there's just something joyous about it isn't there um, mm. uh, and it's made even more joyous by that that the howling outrage that's um, running around Merseyside at the moment from all oh, but of course the blue side who were sitting there probably having a jolly good belly laugh themselves um, I do um, sorry to interrupt I do actually have an Evertonian supporting friend who has actually threatened to hire an open top bus should, <laughs> should, should Liverpool not win and just yeah. tour around the city <laughs> celebrating you see and it, 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 it's that kind of unparalleled sort of joy that, that, that fills the air because it, there's this myth isn't there that um, Liverpool are everybody's second team you know they, they, they may be um, the Liverpool reserves second team but there's not many other people I know that think oh yeah wouldn't it be great to see them do it and I just think it's a it's been an absolute joy to see that yesterday I, I personally I, is, is I it personally, enough I don't know but you know it, it's 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 certainly put the champagne on ice isn't it you know and uh, 
Uh, and I think now, open the door for City. I don't think it's going to do much for us particularly, but... Um, no. no. I don't think that's a particularly good metaphor. Which Putting one? the champagne on ice. I mean, you'd want to put the champagne on ice, wouldn't you? Uh, oh, hold on a minute. Are, are we talking about a slipping joke here, are we? Or? No, no, no. I mean, oh, put no. Something on, if you put something on ice, it means you suspend it. Oh, Doesn't right. It? Oh, I thought it meant that, you know, the champagne on ice was, it was there, ready to go, ready for them to come. Okay, um, right. there, were, there were people walking around outside Anfield yesterday with, uh, you know, Liverpool FC shirts on with Premier League champions 2013-2014 on them. This is this is fantastic. I mean, I just want I want to see what those people do with them shirts should City win the Premiership. It'll be joyous. Put them on the eBay because you'll get a cracking price <laughs> for them, wouldn't you? <laughs> Presumably, if you get Gerard on the other side, they'll just set light to it. I would imagine. But, That's uh, right. Well, they could put it in the same locker as they've hidden the chosen one banner, can't they? At, at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, those great footballing mistakes of our time. Yes, um, but it does it does sort of raise a, a serious point. This this is obviously the frustrating thing about this is that we can slay it all before us when when it comes to the top sides, and lo and behold, you get down to well, as as last weekend showed, the absolute Premiership basement. I think you're right, and I think and something look, goes wrong. I, I take the point of view that um, you know Mourinho all through the whole season has maintained that this is an evolution, the team that were in transition, um, and you know maybe the one the one bit that's missing is is just that ability to kill off these smaller teams, and that may be just a, a kind of uh, attitudinal thing within the team. You know that that there's an arrogance, uh, a slight swagger about them when they go up against these teams, or they're not quite sure. You know how to break down teams that do pretty much similar to what we did yesterday. I don't know, um, but I'm not unduly worried because I think you know I always I, I sort of maintain the point at work today and talking to people saying you know the, the, the targets were clear: quarterfinals, Champions League. Well, we've done that. We're in the semis, got a good chance of getting the final, and top three finish guaranteed. Pretty much get a point from the last two games. Which if we don't, frankly, then you know we're we're in more yeah. serious. I watched Norwich Man United, uh, Man United on Saturday, and if we don't trounce them, I will be amazed. But um, get that, uh, and not to finish twenty five points behind the leaders, and we're not going to. We're going to finish very very close into that top three. You know, sadly, a couple yeah, a of gap, results for us, and we closed. Yeah, you know. So and, and I think Graham Soonis, he was fan, you know he was gushing in his praise. So this is my one of my key points is that. The, the criticism that we've seen today has come from journalists. It hasn't come from ex um, and current footballers <coughs> in the main. I mean, I'm sure there's one or two out there that are saying it's a bit of a, you know, John Aldridge, for example, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, how, but how we chuckled. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence Lawrenson, Lawrenson in the lead up to the game on Radio 5 couldn't see how Liverpool were going to lose no. it. And yet, and yet, but afterwards, and on, you know, um, actually the day and so yes. on, full of praise you know and talked about how it was done etc and you know didn't harp on about time wasting things like that so no. I, I think you're right you know ex liverpool pros you know that as i said there's, to several people today grew up being bored to death by them going one up and then passing the ball backwards yeah. and forwards to the goalkeeper for 90 minutes yeah. they knew they knew what it was all about Absolutely. you know they they know you, you when you can play well when you can move the ball around and play flowing football you do when um, it's not there to be done, you don't do it. No. You know, simple as that. Just, just as a sort of a, <coughs> an interesting point on that, I, I do wonder whether um, Rogers himself has sort of bought into this this kind of myth about you know how oh it's it's 
the, the game's got to be played the right way and, and so on and so forth. There's a really great um, article floating around on We Ain't Got No History uh, by Graham Macquarie, and it's called On the Futility of Glory. And it's, it's a very, very wise dissection of what yesterday was, just in the sense that actually Liverpool didn't even need to win. They needed a draw, draw at, yeah. at most. And they seem to, you know, whether they bought into this this sort of, you know, it's, it's got to be done by, you know, swashbuckling football of 4-0, which, you know, frankly, if you'd watched Chelsea playing away from home this season, you knew you were going to get frustrated. Now, whether he believed his own hype, a little bit of arrogance or whatever, and, you know, Sod's Law suggests that having won 12 go or 11 games on the bounce, you're going to lose one eventually. Hmm. Um, there, was, there was just a sort of a, maybe a little bit of buying into all the, all the hubris and, and, and just overdoing it when you only needed a point. All he needed to do was sit there and draw us on, draw us onto them. But, but I think, I, I don't know, I, I may be <clears throat> in a minority of Chelsea fans in that I don't hold any great um, animosity towards Rodgers. I don't, I don't think he's a twat. I, I think a bit as Joe Cole revealed, when you go to Liverpool, you know, you, certain you things are expected. And, and in the same way that Mourinho plays to his galleries, Rodgers has to play to his. Of course, um, yeah. I think, I, he, I I think he's, he's gone there. He's seen what he's got, what's available to him. And I think he plays to the strengths of what he's got, which is a lot of, you know, very quick, fast-paced, good attacking players. He knows that... Mm, true. He knows, unlike the journalists who sit there trying to tell us that... that Stephen Gerrard, and again, I'm not slagging Gerrard either. Stephen Gerrard is not, in the same way that Lampard is, is not a classic holding defensive midfield player. He, he does something for them by sitting in there, but it just contributes to a weaker defence. He's already got a weak defence. He knows that. He has to use Gerrard there. Uh, Lucas Lear has been out for most of the season. He hasn't got his sort of Xabi Alonso that they had there before. And so I think he knows that if he went out there yesterday um, and tried to play a conservative um, game where he sat back and, and so on and so forth, and it just ended up in a fairly tame um, game and we still won, he would be murdered. At least he can stand there and say, well, I, you know, he can play the, the media game and say, I've stuck to my principles. I've gone out to play attacking football. Yes, he, he was a bit, you know, moany at the end, but then our own man is equally moany when things go wrong. Uh, you know, I didn't, I don't take on board a lot of what he said about, you know, I would never play that way. You can be sure that once he's bought a couple of maybe better quality defenders or defensive central midfielder next season, if he has to go in the Champions League to the Bernabeu or somewhere, he will play, you know, well, a counter-attacking game. He's that's, not a that's fool. I think, the point. I think he's a decent manager. I think he, like yeah. you say, he's, a lot of this is, is for media consumption, I think. No, true. I, I mean, I think this is a lesson, a lesson for him, you know, talking about Liverpool to an extent, but a lesson to be learned in the sense that, you know, when the Champions League comes around next season, you've got an awful shock in, in store for you if you think you can, you know, bowl out and, and swashbuckle your way through Europe because it's not going to happen. Um, Mark, your thoughts on, um, on, on our last two games and how they, um, they are possibly an indicator for how our season has gone? Well, I, I think you already summed that one up, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Um, <laughs> but well, I'd like to talk a little bit about the wondering about where things are in Fighting Above. Is that why? His denture fixative has given way. Yeah, yeah, something's, yeah. something's gone dramatically wrong. Something has slipped, in fact. No, sorry, 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 I should have said beforehand, it's my tribute to Danny Elvis. I'm going to do this podcast while eating a banana. <laughs> 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 Don't throw the skin away because Stevie might slip on it. Yes, yeah. Um, <coughs> um. I mean, as you say, it's terribly frustrating um, that, um, on the one hand, we park the bus or buses in certain away games, and at home, people park the bus against us. And what it just goes to show is that if a team is willing to park the bus, it doesn't matter who you are, it's very difficult to work mm. around it. Um, I mean, if everybody just did take the approach of parking the bus, at some point they probably will change the rules. It'll be like cricket where they say you can only have four players in your penalty area at any one time during 15 minutes of power play in each half just to get everybody out. Um, Don't give them ideas. No, no, no. But, but anyway, look, we enjoy it when we park yes. the bus. Oh, yeah. We get terribly frustrated at home when we're trying <laughs> to beat West Ham. Um, it just works, works both ways. But, I mean, that's what the game's all about. I mean, all these um, Liverpool fans moaning about it and um, our tactics and also about the fact we were wasting time, all we were doing was working the system. Yeah. And I don't know how Liverpool fans can have anything against that because they've been working the system for benefits for the last 50 years. So it's the, <laughs> it's, it's the way they live their life. I don't think we can char- We can't characterise a whole system this way. <laughs> well, some of them are different. Um, but, um, the views of, views of the individual don't necessarily reflect the views of the podcast. We have, no, but, I think, um, <laughs> and I think we ought to keep our abuse of the team separate from our abuse of a, of a whole. Okay, well, we'll have a separate urban conurbation. Um, I thought that was a perfect. Also, I think there should out. be a poll. Actually, there could be a poll somewhere on um, who is the most effective non-signing your club has ever made. And it has to be Stevie G. It does. He will be in our Hall of Fame for oh, yes. non-signings. Mm. You know, he... he um, Carling Cup, own goal, got us back in the game. When we were up there a couple of years ago trying to win the league, he did his back pass that put Drogba through to score. Yep. And then yesterday, um, his assist was absolutely fantastic. To see him spinning his feet, trying to get back up on his feet, which he did pretty well, to be honest. And I thought he was going to crunch into Barr uh, to bring him down, but he would have been sent off, hopefully. Uh, he made a terrible mess of that. So he's been a terrific player for us, Stevie, and he hasn't cost us anything. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very valid point. I think it, it, was, it, it was interesting as he was trying to get up, the old legs were... It was like watching a dog trying to run on lino. You know, when dogs try and corner, it was just, just the, the feet going and not, not really going anywhere. Yeah, it was a magnificent time. It reminded me of Wiley E. Coyote when he runs over the edge of the cliff and the road runs <laughs> and his legs just spinning in it. Have you seen the vine or the gif that's doing the rounds where someone has taken just that moment where he's scrabbling and brought it all the way from the point where he starts to do it all the way down the pitch, tracking Bar and Bar they've drawn like a little black lead that goes round his neck. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen it? It's, it's on oh, Twitter. Oh, yeah. I wish I had. Oh, 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 it's on Twitter. Loads of people are doing the rounds. You'll yeah. see it. And it's rather cruel because, uh, you know. Harsh but fair. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, our own man slipped over against Sunderland. We had slippages against, you know, with Arsenal against us and Tottenham. I mean, there's the slippage 
you know, is, is, a, is a theme that's running through the, the second half of this season. It's often, it's it's often, I've, I have often wondered why there is this obsession with watering the pitches, you know, and, uh, and the players come out and they, you know, they're not wearing studs anymore because they've got these groove things or whatever. And I do sometimes wonder, I mean, you see them watering They, they were the talking pitch, about it, actually. On yes. rainy days, though. When it, when the, the, yeah. It's been pissing down with rain for two days and they're still there out come the sprinklers. You're thinking, dear God, what, you know, what is it, football on ice next? Perhaps we'll, we'll what, they were, what they were saying yesterday was that most of these pitches, because a lot of the... Uh, they're laid. They're half artificial. Yeah, you know, they are. They're, they're not it's what a weak, we think of as glass. Yeah, and apparently it's quite rock hard underneath. And I wonder whether this is going to contribute to to more and more and more knee problems as players play more and more time on on a very hard surface like that. But apparently it's it's there's not there's nothing there underneath. There's no give, and therefore, in order to 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 get, give them something to get. The studying that they have to water it in order to just get that top surface. You know, it's, surely, um, it's a long way from when I was a horticulturalist grade G one back in the old days. But, um, <laughs> surely, um, sure, surely, going of good to firm helps players like Suarez. I would have thought. But, yeah. <laughs> This is what I like. You see, there's nothing. Nothing can. No, let's that, that, let's let's be fair. That we are we are. Sort of, sort of biting, biting satire. Yeah, but if if for, if for no other reason, it shows how environmentally friendly we are that we're prepared to recycle. Right, okay. These, every these jokes. Opportunity. These jokes have been in my family for years. Yes, exactly. I, I shall, I shall yeah. keep using them. Um, we should know actually the, the thing that. Um, that, that seems to be it's not, not being overlooked but it's not getting as much cover as it should um our wonderfully defensive side 41 year old reserve goalkeeper who's come in for the last two games a 20 year old center back making his first premier premiership start um ivanovic playing center half for the first time since well i can't remember um ashley cole played what twice two three times since oh, january yeah yes now and Aspie being the only one who was who, who sort of anything like a regular in that little um And now they're playing him line on the wrong, the wrong side, which yeah. is his right side, but it's the wrong side because he's been playing his wrong side on the left side. Now he's on the right side, which is his wrong side, but it's his right side, if you get what I mean. <laughs> I think so. Um, we, should, um, we, we should give them huge credit. And I also think... Um, one of the things that um, that needs noting, and, and we are notably fans of, of the, the man on um, on the podding shed, is um, is Mikel's reintroduction over the last two games. We've played two sides who are top of the league in top of the leagues in Spain and England, respectively, with three strikers. We at the Sturridge didn't play the whole game. Who've scored what ninety goals between them this season, and we've restricted them to one shot on target. Yeah. Now. If you can't admire that as a football fan, then frankly there is something wrong with you because that is quite a remarkable achievement, whether you like it or not. Um, it, it has to be said that in, in well, obviously this isn't the country that, that gave birth to uh, Lord Wellesley, the Duke of Wellington. He was obviously born in Ireland, but of sort of Anglo-Irish stock rather than proper Paddyism. Um, mm. It was the Duke of Wellington who famously, and a man who many people look to for for leadership and, and so on and so forth, was the Duke of Wellington who famously, when asked about his strategy compared to that of Napoleon and his field marshals, said that uh, while 
their strategy was a, was a thing of beauty, beautiful harnesses made of leather and brass. Whereas his, and we're talking Jose here now, were just made of rope. So there was Brendan with his beautiful harness made of leather and brass, and Jose with his old rope. He says, if theirs break, they're ruined. Whereas if mine breaks, I just tie another knot. Hey. And yesterday was all about just tying another knot, was it not? Mm. In that he, he, he can adapt his strategy to what is there on the pitch. I mean, I don't agree that you should always be playing, you know, against... You should play your own football. You don't always keep an eye on the opposition in that sort of way. But in, in, the, in, the, in what he's found himself in the last week with... You know, his playing staff and so on. He's shown himself to be very adaptable, and they have as well, to, to you know, carrying out what needs to be done. And, uh, hmm. you know, it's that, it is that sort of malleability. You know, we, they can play a high press like they did at Man, Man City away from home. They can play good open football like they often do at home. Or they can go and play deep and, and shut down like they do, um, like they have done at Atletico Madrid and, and yesterday. And I think Azpilicueta must be one of the best sort of shutdown full-backs there is in the world today. You know, perhaps he's not the attacking threat of the Danny Elvis and so on and so forth, but as a defensive player, you know, they, Boy, Liverpool's, Liverpool's strategy was built on, on those, those full-backs, Johnson and, and Flanagan, overlapping and, and using that width and space. And they just didn't have it yesterday. And it didn't, and the same in the game pre-Christmas. They, they couldn't get the width into their game that, that is so much part of what they do. And, mm. you know, it, a lot of it's down to the fullbacks that we've, we've used against them. No, I think that's, um, that's a very valid point. Um, Chelsea youth are winning 1-0, by the way. Ah, ah, splendid. I was just, just searching for an update. Um, do we know who got the goal? Jada Silva. Good <clears> lad. <throat> Never heard of him. Um, I, yeah, he's the winger. He was getting in left-hand side. He was getting in behind them an awful lot when I was watching it earlier on. Lovely. Um, well, we will um, we'll obviously touch upon the later, but the second leg is at, um, at Stamford Bridge a week tonight, and uh, tickets are still on sale, and a five or a pop for adults, and um, I think three quid for senior citizens and kiddies and so forth. That's um, that's well worth a look. Um, in terms of the Premier League, um, we are now, we have two games to go. We have obviously have Norwich at home next week, and then... Um, back to or out to Cardiff for the final game of the season. Um, where, where do we think we're going to end up? I, I, I'm loathe to try and predict anything for the simple reason that who knows what's going to happen. Um, Liverpool and City obviously need for, for us to have any hope of, of snatching the title in the most unlikely circumstances. Both Liverpool and City need to slip up. Um, I don't see that happening personally, but frankly, who knows? It's it's been an odd um, an odd season, and um, there may well be more um, more twists and turns to come. Um, so we'll, we'll go for predictions now. Where, where do you think we're going to end up? Third. Cool, Donald. Um, yeah, I think it's probably looking at. Yeah, I think third. I think that's fair, Mark. Yeah, I would agree with um, third. I mean, yesterday um, we played our easy game. We've got the tricky ones of Norwich home and Cardiff away. That's <laughs> no, true. Well, I mean, yeah, based well, yes. on our performance, they are the hard ones. And yeah, um, true. Yeah. yesterday, I never believed we were going to win the league. 
it was mm. just nice to wipe the smile off those sanctimonious Liverpool fans' faces. And um, I think it was all about, yes, you're right, not giving it to them up Not there. giving it to them, and they might yeah. lose it. And, and to see, you know, the camera keep going in on um, Ian Rush, Dalgleish, and a few others, mm. capped off by that fat fan slumped over his chair, sobbing his eyes out. <laughs> it was a perfect <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Never, ever a bad thing. No. <laughs> No, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, if you're going to talk about predictions, um, uh, I'd rather we open the door for City than, than, than for Liverpool. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I, I, saw, yeah, I, I think I've got more admiration for City. I think they, you know, they, they blew it last year. I think they knew they, they could have done better. Um, but also, I think, also, because I, I, rather, I was rather taken with the fact that the, I know the players voted for Suarez Player of the Year last night, but my Player of the Year out of the whole Premiership has been Yaya Toure this season. I think he's been an absolute phenomenon, you know, if you take any bias towards any of our players out. But, um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'd be happy to see, to, to have opened the, that door for City, because I, I you know, it doesn't. I kind of understand the journey there. On I think a little bit more, as I think most Chelsea fans do, because it's it's so similar to ours in 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 a sense. And um, you know, having sort of been the the team in Manchester that's had sand kicked in its face for God knows how long, much as we were pretty much in London. You know, when it came to Arsenal, for example. Um, you know, I think it's quite nice to that that they they'll do it because I think we'll be a much bigger force next year. I think. You know the, the the striker situation will be resolved um, with a couple mm. of intre- couple of interesting choices. I think uh, that that are in the frame for us. Uh, uh, I think as well. We will no doubt we'll talk about that later or another day. But uh, you know, yes, but I, I, I think third 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 makes it. And I, 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 Mark made a good point there. <coughs> you know, I think he, he may well have Sorry, been. I think he may well have been tongue in cheek about his sort of two difficult games against Swansea and Cardiff. I mean, Cardiff are appalling. Um, and, and not not for any other reason. It's just they're, they're way out of their depth in the Premiership. Um, with Norwich, yes. Uh, I, I mean, with Sunderland, I kind of understand it because I think Sunderland have kind of flattered to deceive a little bit this season. You know, their disciplinary record and their their ability to score own goals has, has, has set them back a little bit. But I never thought for one minute they were quite as bad as as, as, as some of the teams around them. Uh, and when you know, to be fair to them, they came at us and they you know they sniffed something with fifteen twenty minutes to go. We I, a fair few of us upset. I don't know if you were there that day, um, Johnny, but no, no, no. <clears throat> you know where I was sitting. Um, you know, in my normal place. You know, with twenty minutes to go, you had that kind of QPR feeling about it again. You know, there, there was they were getting a sniff of something, and Chelsea were getting kind of increasingly frustrated yes. and a bit more wasteful and and, and a bit devoid. Uh, there was a kind of lack of ideas. I, I think Norwich. Are doomed. I, I just genuinely think they haven't quite got the incentive there to get out of it because I think they've. Who else have they got? Arsenal, isn't it, as well? Which is, you know, I, I just can't see them. I think they've still got to right. play. In, yeah, us and Arsenal. And I know, I know I'm sort of a hostage to fortune here. I just absolutely watched them versus Manchester United. And you can talk about honeymoon effects of gigs, you know, and, and the bollocks is being spoken by Linda Gull the day yeah. about, you know, gigs is the new Guardiola or something after one game. I know there was a bit of a honeymoon effect there, but it took Man United to get to the second half before they really started trouncing Norwich. But they were Norwich were appalling. They sort of make any bones about it. They were absolutely dreadful. And you know, frankly, if we do struggle against them, um, I, I will be amazed because we'll have Atletico Madrid out of the way. Whatever happens in that game, we've got two games left to get a point to guarantee third. Um, I think we'll go all out and win both, and it will just be the tightest top three finish that we've seen. 
Hmm. Just to add one caveat to me saying we're going to come third. Yes. My head says we will come third. But I am buying tickets to Cardiff because I do want to be down there when we win the league. A very wise choice. I do think Tony has now more or less made it nailed on that, you know, we feel after yesterday and Martin Atkinson's reasonable performance and the fact that we didn't really give them anything that could be converted into a dodgy penalty, we will probably give away at least four penalties against Norwich. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fairly... Yeah. Can I just say that the Sunderland game, yes, there are no excuses. You have to put these games beyond where the officiating can hurt you. But, yes, uh, the, the, <coughs> you know, the, the, the non-penalty given against Ramirez, when you could see in real time that he just got planted between the shoulders by Larson. And mm. and uh, I know lots of people, even Chelsea fans I've spoken to, said, well, you know, maybe it was a penalty. You know, there is no way on God's green earth, uh, whether he's an ex-Liverpool youth product or not, that that linesman can flag that as a penalty. Because when what Azpilicueta is doing and what I thought he was doing the moment I saw it on the day on, on the screen was he was... He was taking a long stride, sticking his leg out, sliding to the byline to block the cross. And there, there is an angle that you see it clearly from behind where he is parallel to um, Altidore. And he makes his lunge parallel. He doesn't lunge towards the player. He lunges parallel, even slightly away. And you can clearly see Altidore takes two little like funny little steps because he's not quite sure what to do. As Pilicoita thinks, if he's going to cross the ball, I'm going to block it. And you see him take these two little funny pigeon steps and then clearly plant his leg out of his stride pattern across and onto As Pilicoita. As soon as he goes off his stride pattern and plants his foot, whether he's actually, one, trying to just get a contact on a player who's sliding past him, or two, is trying to plant his foot because he's decided to check out and turn back and go the other way. doesn't really matter. Once he puts his foot away from the line of his stride, he is initiating the contact. And it's therefore never, ever a foul. It's not accidental. Mm. It's, it's, it's initiated by Altidore. And the fact that as soon as he hit the ground, he threw his two hands up suggests to me... Oh, he's that, looking for it, obviously. ...that he, he, he looked... In that split second, he looked, saw that the tackle wasn't coming in and planted his foot away off line. And as soon as he plants his foot away off line, he's initiating the contact. And if you're going to give penalties for that sort of thing, it's just going to be carnage. And he, in real time, I just thought, you can't give that. And of course, everyone says, oh, well, he's got to make a decision in, you know, at the speed it's happening. But then they made a decision at the speed it's happening up the other end and didn't give a penalty. Yeah. You know, I just I, thought it's one of those. It's, you know, it's, it's, it happens to every team. It happens everywhere, of course. Yeah. But you cannot, you know, at this level in an hey, important well, game like that. You know, I, I, wipe you know, out. I, I would, you know, I'd, without. I don't want to sound like a whinging scouser that's been interviewed on Red Men TV after yesterday's <laughs> game. If you haven't seen that, it's an absolute piece of <laughs> it's gold. A gem. Us, by the way, well, what's um, it called? Uh, it's it's Red Men TV. It was, it was swilling around Twitter. Yes, if you if you. 
a jump onto Joe Tweeds or mine, you'll see it's been retweeted. Um, but Joe Tweeds was the one who picked it out originally. And it's just a guy that we've basically people nicknamed him Goggles, I think, who's been interviewed by RedmenTV.com, I think it's called, um, after the game. And they pride themselves on being an uncensored um, Liverpool TV station. Um, and this, this guy is spitting bile like you've never seen before. And it's, it's better than the guy, the Arsenal guy who thought he'd had a heart attack, um, but decided to stick with the game before, you know, because he didn't want to go to, as Dan Levine said, a shit hospital in Chelsea or whatever. But this guy <laughs> yesterday was, he was incredible. Um, and, yes. and, and, and uh, without going into the two way do, the fact that he said every single Chelsea fan, presumably women included, are rent boys. Um, was just it was just it's a well known fact. It was magic, magical, you know. I mean, it was just fantastic. Um, I would uh, like to make the distinction that I haven't, I haven't accused anyone of being a rent boy. I haven't sworn. Hey. I've merely pointed out that you know, for people to keep on repeating, even as just people like Jonathan Wilson, even today in an article which was completely unrelated to the Sunderland game, was talking about yesterday, talked about Aspilicueta having drawn the penalty or given away the penalty. Yeah. He didn't give away a penalty. Someone uh, I, interpreted a perfectly legal challenge. Yes. And, and I think that's where I was heading. Sort of, in exactly the same way that in the last minute yesterday, they interpreted a perfectly legal non-touching of the ball as a corner. Yeah. What happened yesterday if they equalised from that corner? That would be two games running in the, la- in the, in the last 10, 15 minutes. As Pilaqueta would have been tucked up by the officials. What has he done? Why do they hate him so much? <laughs> I think we should be told. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> I was going to say was that you know, and try. You know, and I think we are always pretty rip, fair and reasonable in this particular podcast. Whatever. Um, you know, that was it was a pretty shocking performance by Mike Dean that day. Mm. Um, against Sunderland. I mean, you know... The, Coming on top of Foy a couple of weeks before. Yes. I mean, we lost at Palace. And I think that's Palace we lost because we were shit. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I, th- I think... Um, it, you, you, like you said, you do have to sort of put yourself away from the position where the referee decides the, or yeah, can possibly absolutely. decide the game. Take your chances, yeah. stick them away, don't fuck around, yeah. and, and and that's that. Then you, then you avoid... You know, it, it, it's generally... Those, you know, those down in the bottom half and, and the purists who end up whinging about all oh, they and, played this kind of football and all oh, we didn't get this decision, that decision. Yeah. Fuck it, just win your games. That's yeah. all you need to and do. And that, that sort of goes on to the point I was making about Mourinho's evolution thing. And maybe that's something that's slowly being instilled in the players. And, and, and that maybe has been a weakness with us this season because you remember the first time round, you know, it was very rare that refereeing decisions outside of UEFA ones um, gave us that sort of tuck up because generally we'd either gone a goal or two up and then basically shut the shop up and, and we're beautifully controlling the game or whatever and I think you know so it didn't become that much of a as, as regular an issue as it seems this year I mean I, 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 I do question the fact Mike Dean was prevented from refereeing an FA Cup final a few years ago it might have been the Liverpool West Ham one on the basis that he was from that area and so to be putting people, you know, if there was a basis for that, you're saying, well, you know, there can be not just di- mm, yeah. a direct bias. I mean, you know, but you don't where's, know. Yeah, where does it stop? Where, the, I suppose so. But I mean, I just think it was, it was, you know, the fact that his performance doesn't appear to have been drawn into any question after that game. Okay. Now, you know, it, it should be drawn into question just by Rui Faria's reaction. 
Because surely that shows that there was something wrong there that needs to be well, investigated. Well, you know, you know, and... he, got, he got out of his pram and, and you know, he may have, yeah. may have felt he was justified in doing so. I, yeah, I, yeah, think... I mean, you, you're not going to win. I mean, it, it is no, the, ball, the ball, isn't it? Resistance is futile. It's, it's quite yeah. simple. And, uh, you know, but, uh... um, Can I just say that in, in case anyone, because um, it's, a, it's a term that's bandied around a lot, wonders what a football purist is. I believe it's someone who, um, by use of a, a blender... Uh, a football, several pairs of boots, uh, a couple of shirts, <laughs> and uh, some form of you know fruit juice uh, makes up uh, a very nice uh, puree. Uh, because, because I've never met. I don't know who these people are. These football, the neutral fan and the purist. Are there two more nonsensical words in the whole of football journalism? <laughs> well, it, it doesn't matter what game I sit down to watch. I will end up wanting one of the two teams to win for the most furious and ridiculous of reasons if it comes down to it. I will find some reason why one team should win and one team shouldn't. Of course. Yeah? That's and the nature so of it. So whoever sits, who is the neutral who sits down okay. and says, I don't really care who wins this. There's always some, there's some, you know, look, he's got, he walks funny. I don't like him or he's got spotty head. I don't like him. I hope they win. It doesn't matter, does it? You are never neutral. Jim, and this, this football <laughs> purist, what is pure football? Well, you know, it's, you know it's, 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 sorry to interrupt, but Fulham are winning 2-1 now. Oh, oh okay. Yep, two goals in two minutes. Oh, no, please, my, my daughter's boyfriend is a Fulham fan and he's actually from Putney. It's a two-leg affair, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Indeed, bloody good job it is as well. Oh, Away goals don't count double. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh, right. Okay. okay. Um, right, in which case, I think... Um, what we should do is is move away from the league. We obviously have two games left. Um, we will be back in a fortnight where the season will ultimately finish, so we will know where we all stand. Um, we will now move on to the Champions League, because let's be honest, unlike Liverpool, we're still involved in two competitions. Um, the last time we spoke, we were, um, we were 3-1 down, having just put in an appalling performance um, out in Paris. Um, we had a wonderful night at Stamford Bridge a couple of weeks back where... Um, we went through courtesy of um, a nice late goal from Denver Bar, which was um, most enjoyable, um, and found ourselves up against Atletico Madrid, who I think were the um, they were sort of the slightly unknown quantity in the sense that we were obviously well aware of Bayern and their manager and Real Madrid were obviously um, Jose's former side. Atletico was sort of slightly um, slightly more of a mystery um, and and sort of a little bit like us. I remember reading when the the time the draw was made that um, someone I, I believe one of the, the tactical type said that's going to be interesting it's two sides on the same pitch that neither want the ball um, <laughs> so um, yeah. we, we got um, we got a result um, in the form of a nil-nil draw out in um, Madrid a week ago which um, you know it's not bad but obviously leaves you vulnerable to the old um, away goal as um, we found to our cost before um, at the bridge on Wednesday night, it's it's basically win- well, winner t- stroke drawer takes all. Mm. Um, Mark, kick us off. You're you're obviously you'll be there on um, on Wednesday night. Um, this this puts us in with a reasonable shout of Lisbon, doesn't it? I know it's an obvious statement, but we're almost there again. Well, I don't like getting um, ahead of myself, but I have spent the last week um, trying to find a hotel in Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> and there are not, eight. Not easy. <laughs> Lisbon obviously is not a very big city that can't absorb 
a number of football fans. And what I've realised is all football fans now pre-book hotels because you can cancel a hotel yeah. 24 hours in advance or even sometimes on the day. So there are currently eight rooms available in Lisbon and their average price is £4,500. I joke not. If you look it up, or if you put, type in the 25th of May in booking.com, you will find rooms ranging from 60 quid, which is sharing in a 20-person dormitory. <laughs> and, there's, and there's one of those beds available. Um, some at about four grand, and there's one at about eight grand. And then if you try and book that hotel for the following day, it's 65 quid. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do anything extra for you for um, 7,935 quid premium for the night. I'd, I'd want a little um, bit more the room service for that, frankly. But you know, but it is unbelievable. And, and flights are a bit of a rip-off. But if you go by a sort of circuitous route, you can get there. Anyhow, the, the good news is my um, cleaning lady is Portuguese. <laughs> Has she got family you can stay with? Or? Well, that's what I said to her. I, um, I mean, we've known her and her family for years. We, we even went to her sister's wedding in Porto. But unfortunately, they live in Porto. And it's a three-hour train, uh, train ride down from Porto to Lisbon. Mm. Um, but her um, second cousins, twice removed or something, live in Lisbon. And she rang me today just to confirm how many people are coming. And she's going to make an inquiry <laughs> as to whether we can go into their flat. <laughs> which is brilliant. I, just said, I said to her at the end, look, don't forget about I want a good cooked breakfast on a tray in my room in the morning. Just mention that to your cousin's second remove. So I'm sorted for accommodation. Well done. Well so... Um, PSG was nerve-wracking. I suspect Atletico Madrid will be even more nerve-wracking. Mm. In that, you know, at some point we will go one nil up, probably a little bit too early for our comfort, and then we will spend the remainder of the game parked, parking the bus, getting them wedged nicely just on the edge of the box, while we will sit there biting our fingernails, hoping that they don't score. Yep. I think that's about the size of it, don't you? Yeah. Um, it, um, it, it's interesting. It will, be, it will be. It's going to be intriguing to see how we um, how we how we set up. Um, Atletico, I thought, were, were a very very decent side. Um, I, I don't know a huge amount about them. Obviously, Courtois. We obviously know um, Diego Costa. We know because the, as. Um, as the travelling faithful sung to him last week, we'll see you next year. And um, he gave a, a sort of a wry wave, so what we read into that is anyone's guess. Um, but, yeah, Tone, listen, I, I'm rambling here. Tone, your thoughts. Over um, to you. Yeah, um, I'm going to stick my neck out here, and I think we will go absolutely crazy on Wednesday night. And I think we will try and do what we did to Barcelona in a kind of shock and awe tactic in Mourinho's first season. I think we won 4-2 in the end, didn't we? I, I seem oh, to be quite up. Now, I, th and I, I think Mourinho <coughs> will look at them and he will say, you're at home, right? And he's got, well, he hasn't got a full squad, obviously, with JT marginal, but check out... Um, uh, and I think he he may well just take the view that with Norwich and Cardiff left to play, and then a fairly sizable break until is it made a twenty fourth I think the final, um, yeah, 
Uh, and obviously, I'm on my real owl train that night, doing my best impression of the Lightly Lads, like fucking hiding from everybody, as you imagine. <laughs> this is my father's seventieth father-in-law's 70th birthday treat um, right uh, booked at a time when I frankly thought we wouldn't get we were lucky to get out of our groove I think um, and I, I, I've got this I've got this feeling that 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 that, that we owe that, that, that Jose will be saying to the players you, you know you owe these fans something this night just go out there and absolutely because they have got costs and they are a good side are they the best side we've played uh, you know are they, I, I don't know I, I see them as a little bit slightly better than Paris and Saint-Germain but not not, not that you know, great and and you know to go there. I, I, aren't we the first? Weren't we the first team to actually prevent them from scoring at their own ground this season, or something ludicrous like that? I think. You know, I think you have something along those lines. They they were yeah. very proficient. So, so you know, I, I'd be fairly confident about it. I think Denver Bar, who seems to be on a on a on a, on a rich streak of form of going out there and upsetting people. Three oh, one to Fulham, by the way. Now, chaps. Mm, three one. Yeah, it's three one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about ten. They're blowing it again, like they did against Norwich. Yeah, there's, there's lots of tweets on here saying that this is uh, this is this is emulating the first team. They've just been they've got their role models and they're following them, haven't they? Um, <laughs> Which is slightly, slightly cruel, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, so I, you know, that's that's my feeling. I, I just got this feeling that, that that Mourinho will will say, you know, we've done better than we expected. We've got a good chance here. I mean, you know, this is still going to get to a final against two, one of two very very good teams. Um, so go out and make the most of it. I know mm. that's that's my feeling. It, it, it's a it's a you know it's a bit out there, I suppose. But and there you go. No, I don't, fair enough. Um, they strike me as a as a as a very a strong outfit. I don't think they've got where they've got without having something about them. Uh, I think a bit like uh, a bit like Mourinho in that first. Um, although they were the home team, I think there was a lot of you know they'd be confident with their counter attacking that they could go anywhere and score goals, and that they were just making sure that they didn't get caught out. You know, with their first big look at. At Chelsea, their first big semi-final. You know, I think there was a, a bit of that going on, to be honest. And it would the problem I think we've got, and, and Mourinho alluded to it yesterday, is that um, without without the goal, the, the the number of results that benefit them compared to the number of results that that benefit us is slightly in their favour. I know we have the home advantage, and and apparently statistically over time. Uh, at the semi-final stage, people who got nil-nil away have, have done pretty well. But um, yeah, it worries me that we didn't see what's got them to the top of La Liga when we're over there. And, and mm, at yeah. some point, at some point, they must have a good half hour in them somewhere. And I just hope we've got enough to, to withstand that because I think uh, defensively they look very sound. You know, they, they hunt the ball down twos and threes, which usually causes us problems. So, you know, I wouldn't be, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy with the result we got out there because we, we've got a desperate record away from home in Europe of late and uh, we're certainly in with a good chance, but I'd be very wary about them. I think they're, they're quite a good side. And uh, can I just, uh, on, on, as we're discussing, you know, trains and, and buses on transportation related uh, point, I think we ought to clear up that Jose Mourinho never, ever, referred to anyone parking the bus when he talked about Tottenham those seasons ago he said they brought the bus 
and left it on the pitch. We are talking about vehicle abandonment. There is, you know, and, and it's, it's important we make the distinction. If we are going to talk about Chelsea parking the bus, you know, we are talking about someone who's taken the theory and the practical PCV test. They've got their license and they're parking a rather big, long vehicle. Whereas other people just come and leave the bus, possibly with the engine running, and run <laughs> off. And I, I agree. Think it's important to make that distinction. Yes, yeah. and it, but it is. It's, it's just these sort of things fall into football folklore because I'm fairly sure that Ron Atkinson, many, many years ago, and I don't worry about where I'm going here, by the way, folks, there'll be no, there'll be no bad words here, but I'm fairly sure he meant to say early days. And his, den- right. his dentures fell out or something quite happened <laughs> and he ended up with early doors because we all know that it's a nonsense. There is no such thing as an early door unless somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone has, in- has invented a sort of door race. which I can only see in sort of crafty raft races or whatever but they're now called crafty rafts they're not called doors so that's just you know just a a little bit more of that sort of nonsensical and how football folklore creates these these weird phrases and I I have to go back through my um, many my personal my personal big Ron favourite and there are many we're we're digressing here and it's 3-2 to Fulham now oh okay good lads good lads Um, my my personal favourite it was um, I think it was Fiorentina playing Arsenal when um, Batistuta was still um, was still prowling penalty boxes, and he clouted one which went just over the bar. And Big Ron's description of it was thus: "That was a cracker. It was rising and dipping at the same time." <laughs> the laws of physics, nothing. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, there's a whole website. Was an Irish website, DangerHere.com, that was yeah. actually founded on Wronglish, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the study of Wronglish. Mm. But it's also worth noting that if we did park two buses uh, yesterday, that was obviously on the premise that they would brick one and we'd drive off in the other. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> noted. You know, that was just that was just careful logistics, as far as I could see. Um, um, so, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll end. Well, we'll end th- that particular point with um, with, with a quick prediction. Um, are, oh, predictions! Oh, wait. Well, are we um, are we all going to be um, smuggling ourselves into Mark's apartment in Lisbon? Yes or no? Uh, well, I, I obviously won't be because I'll be um, I'll be on a real owl train heading uh, between Alton and Oxford, um, uh, drinking. But were were you were you able? to do so would you be smuggling your way um, into Mark's pub uh, no, I've got an answer here man come on no I would and shall I tell you why um, because I've got a friend of mine who's got an apartment in Faro um, and that's where he'll be going um, as he goes off Chelsea Bob um, and that's where he'll be travelling to the game that's, that's quite a long I've already researched that that is quite that's a long, long way from way, yeah. it, it, it is but it's three hours drive apparently but this is a bloke who drove for something like 27 hours to get to Munich so oh, well, um, I think he'll, he'll probably look at a three-hour drive as um, something he could probably sleep through. <clears throat> yeah, we've got to think of the practicalities of extra time penalties, the celebrations with the trophy, blah, blah. Yeah. By the time you get out of the stadium in um, one hour ahead, actually they might be on the same time zone as us, it's three hours is too far. You've got to be in a cleaner's flat within 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just any cleaner. So it's, on, the ba- on the basis of, of Mark's um, s- sublime estate agent uh, talk there, then yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Donal. 
it's difficult. I mean, I couldn't see how we were going to win up there yesterday and therefore spent the whole of the game in a church. Um, <laughs> As one does. I'm going, to, I'm going to break the habit of a lifetime and be ridiculously optimistic and say that somehow we're going through on Wednesday and that we will get to Lisbon. Don't ask me how we're going to do it. I believe so too. I believe so too. It's time. It's time to, to grip hands and contact the living. I think. And, and, yeah, <laughs> Based on that, I will. Um, I, I will put some research into how much I can sublet rooms in this flat. That's <laughs> 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 fair to local rates for hotels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's years, it's years since I've top and tailed. It'll be exciting. <laughs> yes. It's got to be more comfortable than the uh, than the station lying on the station concourse in Munich. That's for sure. Yeah, top and tailing. I, I sort of now think I might be hoping Atletico pull one back in the last five minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> enough to put you off, isn't it? You'll yes, be the bloke who leaps over the barrier, right grabs, yeah. grabs Mark Schwartz's shirt just as he's about to get to the ball and pulls him back. Yeah. Right, um, we're a little bit of news. Obviously, we covered the, um, the Youth Cup final. Second leg is at the bridge. Um, finally poised, by the sounds of it. Um, so that's next Monday, the 5th, which is bank holiday. So, you know, no excuse. You've got to go along. Um, we would um, like to congratulate Eden Azard on his Young Player of the Year award, the PFA Awards, last night. And he also made the team of the season along with Petr Cech and Gary Cahill. So well done to all concerned there. You'll, um, be amazed, you'll be amazed to know, Johnny. Sorry to butt in. I keep doing this to you. You've got a well-prepared script there and I keep throwing you off balance. Carry on. But it will amaze you to know that um, one of the show's uh, favourites and regulars, none other than uh, young or old or even dead now, Edith Piaf, <laughs> sang a song called, and I'll say it in French because then it will sound right, Edin Blues. Would you care to, to just hear a little I do, do give us a minuscule moment of that just to celebrate at the age of 32 or whatever he is and 30 million quid getting Young Player of the Year? Yeah. <laughs> sounds like Jim Clark. his name was. <laughs> Roger Whittaker. <laughs> no, not now. <laughs> and if you have the privilege of meeting Edin at any point, he'll probably translate that for you. Because I'm, I'll get if I can. An educated Edith Piaf and Edin Blues. We're, we're really struggling now because we're going to run out of... Edith Piaf tunes to play right up until the end of the season, but I'll I'll keep working on do, it. Do endeavour to carry on. Um, we uh, yes, I mean apparently uh, I did. I, I'll, I'll crack this joke now. The, the moment may have gone. Lewis <laughs> 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 Lewis Suarez won the top award. With rumors that Thomas Callas took it off him soon afterwards. Rosie <laughs> <Young> confirmed. <laughs> well done. Uh, um, in that case, um, we will be back for the final potting shed of the season in a fortnight um, if you do like what you've heard here um, then do visit www.chelseafcblog.com or indeed iTunes Digital Emporia um, where you can fill your boots and all this sort of stuff there's another 48 episodes of it and um, it's, it's all wonderful obviously um, so yeah back in a fortnight who knows what we may be talking about um, gents it's been a pleasure as always good night good night Bonsoir. good night <laughs>